Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. You go by Andy then? Yes, I do. Andy, fantastic. Jumpstart Sessions. Here we go. If you've heard any of them, we keep it simple in the beginning. I just would love for you to tell me. Um, I know we've talked a little bit kind of on Messenger and whatnot, but uh, tell me what's, what's going on. How, how you've been kind of working with, with uh, you know, what your current situation is with your, your, you know, your life uh, in regards to your job and everything you got going on. And then from there, what you're wanting to do with video. Yeah, I um I don't mind telling you everything and anything, and I know, and it's almost like we got to jam everything into an hour, which is totally cool. Dude, it's um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm telling you, I I I know. I um, it it was one of those things, like I, cause I I spoke to another like coach, you know, and I swear to God, the phone call started with, "Hey, before we get started, I just want to let you know that uh, typically people end up, you know, giving me a thousand dollars by the end of the phone call, so we can get this coaching thing going. Is that something you're willing to do?" And I was like, "Hi." Like that was like, like he didn't even say hello to me. I was like, oh wow, this is that's insane. Uh, and then we it, it, the phone call didn't last much more than like thirty minutes. Where I was just like, oh, so this is very similar to ClickFunnels. Like you guys are, and he was like, well, you know, if you want results and blah 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 blah. And I was like, oh shit, okay, I didn't realize that. Um, I man, you know, I'll I mean, I, yeah, you get me on a tangent there, but I, I got a lot of fire for in my belly for that kind of stuff because the the, the majority of things that are out there. I just don't care about people, man. I just, it's what, I mean, I, I feel like anytime someone on the surface thinks I'm associated with anything like that, it like makes my skin crawl. But yeah, I mean, I've, I was involved with things where that's literally, I mean, they're, that's the process they're teaching people. It's just like, it's, it's like the hard sell, right? And then it's the hard you may sell, not the high pressure, they take the week and the week will be like, Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, great. Then I guess that's what I need to do. Here's a thousand dollars. You know, and then they regret it and it's a big mess, but whatever. <laughs> um, and that, that left a sour taste in my mouth. And then um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I could tell you where, to, I don't know what the fuck I could tell you. Excuse me. I use a lot of bad language. Um, okay. I, I'm, I think I'm on the, I like to think I'm on the verge of getting this video thing off the ground. And I think I'm just as good as most of the people that have a video thing off the ground already. Sure. Um, my thing in life thus far, unfortunately, outside of like, let's say high school football, which yeah. was 20 years ago, sure. I haven't been able to put my whole heart and soul into anything. And mm. it's been a lot of, um, um, start stuff, get stuff going, get bored, quit has sure. been kind of my mantra for a while now. And, um, I'm turning 40. I don't know. You, uh, you're married, right? But like, I'm married. Yeah. I, th I thought that was going to happen. I thought the kids thing was going to happen. I realize as time goes on, it may or may not happen, but it's not even a priority at this point. Yeah. And I really do want to get, um, this video thing going because I could see myself doing this for the next 
20 years, if you will. Well, don't tell me about that because I I joke with people. I told the story here and there, but there was a gal who saw me speak. This was in 2014-ish, and she saw me speak at this video thing she went to. She had dabbled in photography for like five years, she said. She's like, I mean, I don't think I was actually using Jumpstart or Jumpstarters or anything at the time, but it was basically she wanted to jumpstart with video. So we did this day together. And by God, at the end of the day, she was crying and she goes, thank God I did this because I know I don't want to do video. And I think what you said in the chat, she's actually does now what I believe you're doing, which is she says she's a co-owner in a CrossFit gym and hasn't been happier. Yeah, uh, I, um, I want to combine, I don't necessarily want to film weddings, you know, sure. of course. If, you know, weddings. Um, I definitely want to combine fitness and, and um, video. And if I, I get for some reason of all the people that are out there, the one influencer, her name is Natalie Jill. She's like 47 now, but when she was turning 40, it was almost like the same that name. I'd be surprised if you do, but yeah, no, she's relatively famous within the fitness world and stuff. And the fact that like she turned her life around at 39 and she she puts out these like cornball videos of her doing sit-ups and these are the three exercises and you need to get a, you know, a six pack and people (laughs) eat it up and she makes a living doing it. You know, I, I, Google estimates her net worth at like 700,000 and I'm sitting there going, wow. And it's, and then I see her on all these podcasts and putting out these videos. The videos aren't very good and I guarantee the programs are very vanilla, but she makes a living doing that. And that's kind of what I want to do. So are you wanting to be the face and be an influencer then? Or do you like, yes, you do. I do, but, um, not necessarily the one and only, but like the guy who started, like if, if you want to look at, do you look at Parker as being the face of, you know, people who go to online school for video or mm-hmm. is he like launching a revolution in the terms of inspiring people to do things, <laughs> get things going, you know? Yeah. So, yeah I mean, I, I mean, Parker, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I have a lot of conversations with people, but it's about Parker. I mean, the thing is we see Parker type results and I mean, his discipline and focus right now is unprecedented to anyone else. Like, I mean, even my buddy, I was just at with in Baltimore, He's done 15 million plus in online business in the last 10 years. And I showed him Parker and he already, I, I had sent him something about course creator pro when I got back and he goes, dude, I already bought it. I'm halfway through the course. He's got like the Parker set up already. And like he was goo goo gaga over Parker. Cause I'm telling him the results and even, I mean, my body's wicked smart. And the reality was like the discipline and focus and the results Parker are getting like is not normal at all. But you know, you watch the time management videos, you watch these things. And the reality is, you know, this is where I'm so big on the self-awareness and things. Cause he talks about not doing the same thing and, 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 and getting bored with weddings or getting bored with these other things. Yet if you watch the time management video, the reality is he checks his Facebook ads a couple hours a day in the morning. He does a couple hours of scripting, a couple hours of recording those scripted videos, you know, the little thing with his team and then some time with the wife, a little time with the wife until after six and like rinse and repeat week in, week out. I mean, he yeah. is on the personality styles. I mean, the interesting thing is something I brought up recently is there's machines, there's humans and there's hybrids. And I'm all human. I got no machine in me. Like I don't have the machine way of thinking and doing and acting. Um, Like both my buddy and Parker, my buddy's all machine and I'm about 99% sure. And what I mean by machine is like they're they're, they're just able to do very machine oriented tasks and be disciplined and focus and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. Whereas for me, I need connection and people. I mean, Parker's talking about this. He hates talking to people. He, he just said in the live a little bit yesterday that I was checking. He goes, he brought me up. He's like, you know, 
not really the best on camera as live stuff. You know, he'd rather script and re-record it 15 times and practice and have the teleprompter. And for me, that's like the devil. And so for you, I mean, you're a, you're a driven person. I mean, you have, uh, based on the, on the disc, you got a high D, high I. So that, my, my buddy's like that. He's got that, like, I mean, he's made a lot happen within video, but it's like if we don't ever get focused or we get too itchy brain to move on to the next thing too fast, that's where, like, the depth that Parker has is exactly that, the depth. Like, he's gone deep into that. It's three and a half, almost four years in. It's not six months ne next thing, you know? So, I, if I had to, and I'll, I'll backtrack and kind of give a it's quick caps review of my life, but I, I lack focus. I totally do. I had about, shit, I, easily today, three empty hours where I had nothing to do, and I literally didn't do anything. And it's because I'm, like, waiting for something because I don't really have focus. Mind you, if I sit down for an edit, I, did you, I don't know if you got a chance. I made a documentary about yeah. my dad, right? Oh, I didn't get to watch that, but I watched some of your work. I mean, it's solid, man. I mean, of course. Yeah, sure. it's like, dude, to sit down for a 10-hour edit, I, don't have, I really don't have an issue with that. And if I have a deadline, pff, even better. If I don't have a deadline, <laughs> I, it took me six months to, do, to edit a wedding, and it took me like you know, 10 hours to edit this last one I just did, which was a beer festival. And it's <laughs> just like because I had a deadline. And like, to do that video for my dad, which was a half hour, and it was, I, it was me playing around with the Ken Burns effect and like, you know, getting to use my, I was finally got to plug in my Sennheiser and my mixing board and figure out how to use like, you know, um, audition to record. It was just like fun stuff. But like that took me five weeks to make a half hour, you know, documentary about my dad, but that's because his birthday was coming up and I wanted to get it done before then. So like to, 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 if I had focus and it was like a deadline, I, I, I really don't think I would have an issue. What are you doing for pay right now though? You're, you're okay, so and this maybe we should back up a handful now um currently i own a crossfit gym inside of a private club in downtown chicago okay and when going was good i was making about close to seventy thousand. which for showing up at a gym and working out with them and pretty much having all the time morning noon and night and having all the time in, off in between to do whatever i wanted yeah. it was a pretty good gig and i thought i'd do that for the rest of my life mm -hmm. and um truth be told i slept with one of the members she went nuts. She married another member. They're both high powered attorneys. The club won't, she wants me fired and the club won't fire me. And I don't want to train her and the club won't tell her she can't train at my facility. Wow. And so it's literally just, it's been going back and forth for about two years. Uh, and I'm probably going to make about 30,000, 35,000 this year, mm -hmm. um, which was the lowest I've made since I graduated college. Mm -hmm. And I won't quit that job. She won't stop being a member there. And my, business so I went from 50 some people has gone on about 20 and I'm wow, barely okay. making a living so yeah. in, what I should do is quit that job and just do video or whatever but for some reason you, 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 there's a disconnect with I me mean, you're calling it a job but simultaneously like you own this whole that's where it gets a little sticky no I'm technically a w2 employee of the, of the union league club Okay. And I run the CrossFit department. My name is on the papers, but that's only because I have the certification. Okay. Is that getting complicated? Yeah, no, no, or, that's all fine. You know? I'm just making sure. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So that's what I do. I go to the gym. My hours these days, I work one hour on Monday at noon. I work from 6 till about 8 a.m. Tuesday through Friday and from noon to 1 Tuesday through Friday. Okay. I literally have from 8 to noon off every day and I'm done completely at 2 o'clock every day and i only and that's four days a week i don't work any weekends i work one so hour in that hour. spare time that's where you're in total limbo right now just I like nothing i the club i work at wanted to do a promo for this party they're having their homecoming mm -hmm. event and i charge them 700 bucks for mm -hmm. two 30 second spots 
I downloaded a template from Envato. It probably took me about three, four hours to plug in some pictures and type up some script and I was done. And it was like, <laughs> to me, that was like, it's easy. It's super duper easy. Yeah, and yeah. I made 700 bucks doing that. I should be doing stuff like that all the time. Yeah. And I'm just not, I'm sitting on my fat ass and I yeah. can't, I don't, I don't know. I think you're fat. It doesn't look Thank like you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so tell me this. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go straight to the, sometimes I'm not even asking this particular question actually on some of the, the, the talks I've been having with people, but you know, $80 million question. This is one guy ended up coining it for me. If I gave you $80 million right now, what would you be doing? What would you spend your days doing? To, to be honest, I would still work out at that gym. I love that gym. That's why I don't want to leave. I built that gym. That gym was an empty squash court and they gave me a blank, blank check. They gave me $30,000 to make a gym out of it. And we turned it wow. into a CrossFit gym. And the guys that work out in the morning are awesome. I've been, I've worked out with them almost every morning for about five, six years. Yeah. So I love working out there. And if I had 80 million, I'd probably travel more, you know, cause I, I don't, I don't travel at all. Yeah. And I barely get days off because, um, or days out of town because I got two dogs and it's like, I just, I don't know. I feel, I live alone. I spend the majority of my days alone. I, you know, it does get depressing and lonely sometimes, but for the most part, I don't have an issue with it. Um, I, my days wouldn't change too, too much. I would definitely do more video type stuff though. Yeah. Like, like I love the Casey Neistat type thing. Is it? Do you? you know, so how much do you do of it? Because what I find sometimes is we have this kind of fantasy or dreamland that we live in, but the reality is we're not doing it. Like if I, I got lost and not feeling as good and not as fulfilled when I wasn't doing these conversations, when I wasn't meeting with. Like I know what drives me and and lights me up. And I know when I'm being like, this life sucked out of me. And if I had to do it all the time, I'd be depressed. And I joked to you, there was, must have been somebody else with a black and white profile pick. Because I, I, for some reason, thought you were an IT. And when you I'm said you were hating what you're doing, I was like, <laughs> well, no wonder. Because, I mean, there's a lot of misalignment there. But, I mean, still, there's a level of like, do you, like, being alone all the time is not, a, you're not the type of person. I mean, again, I don't bring, show this thing, but I'm looking at these graphs. Like, based on everything I know for five years of studying, this is my behavioral profiler, buddy. Your style is not a be alone most of the time type of person. Yeah, you know? and that's that's where I think I'm driving myself crazy. So I did volunteer to coach football this season, and that's helping because two of the, my friends are coaches there as well. Um, this dog's going to go nuts unless I put her on my lap. Um, so th there, there is that. And, you know, back in the day, I used to do stand-up comedy. You know, that was kind of my creative outlet at that time. Um, no, I shouldn't be alone. I should be, I should be in charge of people. I should be running my own business. I should have somewhere to go every day for work. But and so is, is it the one thing you brought up at the beginning? Is that, is that when things went a little haywire for you then? And now that's kept you in this weird limbo loop for the last couple years? So what, what, like, what, what, like you, you mentioned with the lady, sleeping with the lady and all that stuff happening. Yeah. It, like before that, what was going on? I mean, you said you were almost 70,000. I think I'll do this forever. This whole thing happens. It starts to go downhill. Yeah. Like if that thing disappeared, what, what, what would be the conversation we'd be having right now? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I feel I'm like you were a lot happier, less depressed, more active. The gym was more rocking and rolling. Okay. At that time, I was drinking a lot and partying with these guys and these guys were high powered bankers and lawyers and shit like that. So the parties were fantastic. No cocaine or anything like that. But like, you know, we used to go to rooftop pools and hang out and have fun, you know, and that was, it was really cool, you know, but it didn't, it didn't, you know, you start swinging with that crowd and you start thinking you're part of that crowd. And I was never part of that crowd. And sure enough, they've all pretty much cast me aside. So then I've had some life events, but I quit drinking and then I've kind of looked around and I was just like, Holy shit, man, I don't really don't have that many friends left. I really don't like, 
I told, I think I mentioned my mom died. My brother died. I mean, you know, yeah. And then I had this, I had a relationship. I thought she was going to be my wife. She gave me a hard time about money, but literally she was an absolute train wreck of a person. And, you know, I, I, I say that, but it was true, man. She had a real bad temper. And for some reason I thought it would get better, which was an absolute mistake. Um, and so there's a couple of things that like happened in my life where like it just spiraled down. And then I was like, I got to do something. So I quit drinking. That was number one. And now my, my next thing is to get this video thing going and also just get back in phenomenal like shape and concentrate more on my health because I've substituted alcohol with sugar, <laughs> you know, and I've been eating like a moron lately and yeah. uh, I should know better being a fitness professional and all. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, how, how close were all those things? They were pretty close. I have to remember back to the message, but all that stuff happened in the last like, yeah. Two, so like, years. yeah. So 2015, my mom died. And that was, that was a shot. I would say everything was going great at that time. I was 35, but I was, I was, you know, looking, looking to meet a lady and, and get married and settle down and all that type of stuff. And then she died. It really just took the life out of me, to be honest. Sure. Yeah. And, and my brother didn't handle it very well. So he started drinking real heavy. And in 2018, last August, in fact, he got, he had cirrhosis and he spent three weeks in the hospital and just wow. died. Wow. And, um, it, yeah, it was, he was too gone by the time, you know, they were like, Hey man, your liver shot. And so he was <laughs> as an alcoholic, you're not on the, the high on the list to get a new liver. And sure. so we had to deal with that, but we never got, he and I never got along. There was a lot of unsaid things and he took all that shit to grave to the grave with him. And yeah. so, you know, I had to deal with that. Right. But that, at that time I said, you know, as soon after he had died, I got shit faced. And then after that I stopped drinking, which has been a blessing in a sense, because now I can actually focus on my life without the interference of alcohol. So that, that's a huge yeah. thing for me to be honest. Um, but then my dad got remarried. And so dad, my dad's like the rock in my life, to be honest. Mm. And I would love to like do whatever, but the truth is my dad's still helping me pay my rent. My dad, yeah. I had $25,000 in camera equipment. He paid off my debt. Wow. And so yeah, so I am debt free right now, but it's because of him. That's and great. He he totally believes me. He's probably the only one to be honest. And I keep telling him, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing more video gigs and stuff like that." And he's like, "Oh, he's excited. He can't wait to hear yeah. what my next video gig is." But they're so far and few between that, like. Do you feel like there's because there's a level of just hoping happening right now? It's just yes. kind of like I'm not sure. I'm hoping something will fall out of the sky that'll set me in motion. I would say I'm going at half ass isn't even the term. I'm going at this quarter ass. Like I literally, <laughs> I like that line. Yeah, Ed, you can have it. I, uh, I literally, uh, you can have all my lines, by the way. Yeah. I literally have been going at this and I know the next step for me would be to put together my, um, um, highlights real well there but yeah but there's a, there's a thing going there too that we've, we've got to look at where there, there's a blend of like, well, I don't, I don't know. You're, you're saying one thing where it's like, you're looking at this lady, she's doing all these videos. She's kind of this influencer, but she's using video. You said that would be great. While simultaneously they're sitting here, sounds like wanting to have a video company, like getting hired by people to make videos. So, you know, that's where, you know, when all this stuff is piled up in our mind and we're kind of, there's 80 directions you can go. So you don't go any because you're afraid, like, I don't want to go down this. And because there's probably, I mean, not probably, there's so much pain bent up that the pain of like, let me go down this path to have it, you know, not go any, not go my way either. It's just like, I can't handle anymore going down a path and not having to work out, going down a path, like the amount of getting knocked down and getting back up for you right now is like, I'm up, I'm alive and I'm eating and I'm living and I'm going through the motions. But at this point in time, I don't think I can take any more beatings. And sometimes running a business, growing something, doing something, I mean, there's beatings. I mean, online, that Natalie girl, I guarantee you, if you fed through all her comments and YouTube and everything, she's got nasty people sending her nasty things and being mean. And like this, so there's just, there's this, 
right now being alone is keeping you safe, quite frankly. I mean, there's a I, level I, of, of feeling, I mean, you know, so it, it but go ahead. I think you're right. And I, I think you're right. And I, I should probably shut up and let you do most of the talking because I oh, actually, no. I did, I reached out to a therapist at some point. I said, sure. you know, it was about two years after my mom died. I said, I need to, and I'm no better off when I started talking to her than when I, than now. And the only difference maybe being that I, I quit drinking at some point, you know, and it, you are right. Like I just haven't, I have all these ideas. I bought course creator pro thinking I would start a course <laughs> yeah, teaching course. people how to, and earn some passive income is that was the one he, thing that stood out he's a wonderful he's a one i mean i you know I, i'm looking to potentially i just got a message we were we've been connecting on and off for a few months now but like I mean, he's a phenomenal marketer i mean he knows how to market he's just like my buddy i mean i i would yeah go ahead i, he, I got i got lots to say but yeah he no i bought that thinking well i'm gonna start some sort of online um, course to teach people how to cook and do yoga and work out and it will call it how to live to 90 and I'll make a million dollars and it'll be just like, <laughs> and I can get on my cruise ship and, and call it a life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, that, and I haven't even, I haven't started any of it. <laughs> of course. Well, but you're also like, I've been down. I mean, I was just sending a message to somebody this morning where at one point in time, you know, I read, I had my video business going. I was always shiny object. I had a candy machine business. I mean, I did all these random things. I thought I would go to school for kinesiology and be a personal trainer at a Valley Total Fitness before I graduated high school. And all of that never happened. All I ended up doing was I did some funeral slideshows my junior and senior year, filmed some things at, at school, filmed my first wedding uh, right when I graduated high school in 2005. And I didn't want to go to college. And I just ended up saying, well, I made 4000 my junior year, made 8000 my senior year. Maybe I could make 16000 bucks. So I said, told my parents, give me one year, try this thing out all in. If it doesn't end up working out, I'll go to college. And I never wanted to go to college. I went balls to the walls and I still lived in my parents' basement and it worked out. I generated 60 grand that first year. But the interesting thing is, is that I stayed pretty focused now within video for the most part. I mean, granted at one point in time, there was like Mona V, which was some kind of MLM thing that I screwed around with for a little, like I had some shiny objects within there, but 80, 90% of my time was video and I kept narrowing, 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 narrowing until 2010. I read the four hour work week was the time I ended up focusing in my video company while simultaneously it unleashed the inner entrepreneur inside of me again. And honestly, I told him, <laughs> you really fucked up my life. Like in 2015 or 16, I was with Ferris. and I told that right to his face. It was off camera. I have a video of us recording something, but it was in, in jest. It was in funny. Like I was joking. So many positives came, but like he definitely spiraled me down a whole crazy path again that I had started before I started my video company. Cause like I said, I was doing all these things, but, but what happened was, is that I got back into a world, the passive income thing. And what some people will do is they'll paint a picture of what passive income looks like or what um, they love to do and what they don't love to do, but there's great marketers. So what can happen is, is, you know, like a Parker, he doesn't want to do calls like this all the time. He doesn't even like talking to people as a collectible. I've had an enormously difficult time just getting through via text only, let alone attempting to, to have a phone conversation or anything like that because he, he, but he's so focused and he doesn't want to do that. That's why he's put a course together. He doesn't yearn or need connection. So for me, when I started seeking out, I had done some one-on-one -on -one days back in 2010 you know, I started seeking out these coaches and these different people because I wanted to do more of it. I loved it. And they were telling me, put together a course. 
all the way back then in 2011. And my brain was like, I don't even know what I did. These people, I just talked to them for eight hours and then they're telling me I changed their life. And I'm like, I don't, I, how am I gonna put that in a course? And so I had in my video production company in 2012, I worked the least I had ever worked in video ever and did almost $400,000 in total revenue that year. And yet I didn't realize I was spending all my time with this business partner I had working on this online business. We barely made 15 grand in that first year. And I had passive income going. Jobs were getting shot. Money was going in my bank account. Jobs were getting sold. Things were getting edited. I would just talk to the guy who I had hired and like everything was happening. So right in the palm of my hands was a passive income business that didn't look, smell, sound, anything like what I was being put in front of my face, which was an online membership site or a course or whatever. And so I didn't even see that. And I think sometimes people are marketers are putting in front of our faces the result that we want. So they're selling the, the end result, which is, I mean, most people, especially the creatives I've been dealing with, we want freedom. Like there's one part of this assessment, every one of them, my buddy who's got this whole thing, I mean, one of the lines that says, freedom seeker. Everybody who fills this thing out, it says freedom seeker on almost all of them. And some of them it says nonconformist, so they're not, they're not doing anything normal. But the thing is, so a lot of these courses, all these things, online business, it's all because it can give freedom to people. They can work wherever they want, whenever they want, with whomever they want. They can not work that hard, which is a load of shit, because the reality is, I mean, again, even just taking Parker, he's working harder than 99% of the people I, I know. And he's pulling in you know, $250,000 a month, but the reality is he's not on his ass. Like you're saying, he's, he's not like, and I just heard him say yesterday, which I thought, oh my God, because I saw a guy in the group say, he had some kind of video. He hadn't quit his job yet. He didn't hate his job, but it was whatever. And he's got like $500,000 saved up and he doesn't feel safe enough to quit his job. And I'm sitting here going, oh my God, like, because I'm not wired that way. For me, that would be, I'd be lazy then. On certain levels, I'd be lazy because I'd have so much comfort and so much ease because for me, that's so beyond what's needed for me to have fear of like, should I quit? Should I do this? But yet for him, it's not enough. It's 500 grand. Parker in a video yesterday was like, somebody said, what's your ultimate thing? To be, he still said, to be financially free so I can spend more time helping people and with my family. I'm thinking, you have it set up based on everything I say, seeing right now, like you could stop. And if you're not stupid with your money, you'd be good for the rest of your life. But that's not, his goal isn't to twiddle his thumbs. He'll probably never stop working because it's, it, we all have inherently certain things inside of us that we need. And, and, and yet I need different things than he needs, than you need. And so when we get, we get advice from people who are the complete opposite of us, they'll say, here's what I would do if I were you, because they're going to plug their personality into your problem. And people, when I used to get advice about one-on-one coaching, they'd be like, why would you want to do that? That's not scalable. It's not leverageable. It's all other sorts of not bulls. It's not this, it's not that. And they didn't like that. But for me, I loved it. But they, I, I'm looking up to them like, oh my God, well, they know best. They're successful. They're making money. And all I did was end up in a loop in that world of the work we're doing right now for years and years because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't trust myself. I lost all my intuition because quite frankly, I had had it smashed out of me from everybody and these stops and starts. And it took 
mean, a lot of inner work to, to ramp back up to really, because I mean, some people don't know this and be listening right now, but like jump starters was something that I started in 2014. I did it from September 2014 to about September 2016 and shut it down entirely right before I turned 30. I'm about to turn 33 actually and ramped it back into existence. Now we're in 2019. So almost three years later, you know, I started it kind of, you know, beginning of the year again to get back into it because I knew it was my calling. Like I had done all these random things in the last few years, but I went back and had focused 100% on video. But man, I, I just, inside, I, I, it, it didn't feel right. Like I, I, I just had to get back to it. So I, for people, I, I, it pains me when you start the call and you got the guy and you get on the, these, you know, got the webinars to a strategy session to like, you know, just give me your money now. I don't really give two flying craps about you, you know. And, you know, when you mentioned ClickFunnels, I mean, I, it is what it is. I've heard all sorts of things about that. I know ladies and people who've worked for him and it's just like some of these people, what they're really great at because they're more machine-like is that people are just leads, digits, conversions, like they're not human beings. And so they will just process as many leads, conversions, and digits as they possibly can because they lack at times empathy. They lack connection. They lack those things. And that's why I just realized I had to get out there more and do my thing because I care so deeply about people. And, and at times we have, to, we have to find that why, we have to find that purpose. But for me, action in doing these things, like when I don't go for a walk, when I don't go for bike rides, when I don't have this kind of connection and talk like this, man, I get depressed. If I just sit in front of the computer and got to look at like QuickBooks or details or like I do everything in my power right now in my life to create my life in a way where the only thing I have to do is literally talk. Like talk or not talk, basically. But I don't have to sit in front of a computer because that sucks the life out of me. But other right. people, they don't want to talk. They're like, Jesus, that would be hell on earth if I had to do all the talking you do all the time. But that's because they're not wired like me. And so for you, I mean, staying stagnant, not acting, not doing. Like most people I know like you, they can't stop doing. Like they create problems so that they can essentially have something to fix. They knock down walls so they can rebuild the wall back up. Like that's how I see your style, but you've been so punched in the face and like probably your head sliced off that at this point in time, it's like trying to sew it back on and just get reattached here and uh, you know, we'll figure things out. You know what I mean? Like that's a little tangent there, but. <laughs> no, it's, it, there's a couple things too, like, you know, I, I originally went to West Point and I was in the army and then I, I got almost got shot. And that was like, I was in the army for about 10 weeks. I almost got shot and then it was fortuitous. I ended up getting kicked out and I didn't do anything wrong or illegal. It's just, I had a, during a live fire, exercise, live fire exercise, I had a misfire. And so that ended up getting me dropped from the program. And because I was not branch qualified, I ended up getting discharged at 20, Four, 23 I think 23 when I was supposed to serve five years in the army so I only ended up serving a year mm -hmm. and I always felt like a failure and it didn't really haunt me until like the last couple of years because some of my college you know classmates went to war and died some of them are successful and now in business some of them all of them have some sort of something because they fulfill their commitment and I never felt my commitment I just feel like a failure because I didn't follow through on that. I don't know if that's how, that's how the academies work. You go to school for free and then you serve five years in the military afterward, whether it be Army, Navy, or Air Force. And I never served that five years. And they never made me pay the money back, which is ridiculous too. You know, 40 years later, or I'm almost 40. I haven't heard a thing. I was supposed to pay back a quarter million dollars. I wanted to make my life's work to pay that money back. I really do. 
And it didn't dawn on me until a couple of years ago. And so, and then, so I said, well, I had all this free time essentially. So a degree from West Point, I ended up becoming a bartender and trying my hand at stand-up comedy. I did it for six years. The first three, maybe four were productive. The last two were a waste. I should have moved to New York early and I didn't. I stayed in Chicago and I probably just got drunk and bartended and made, you know, <laughs> barely you know, enough to pay my rent. But you then know, I, you, I you're the kind of, you, you, you've got the, the story. You know, I, I, somebody immediately came to mind was Steve Harvey. And I, I recently had watched a video from him where there's this billionaire summit, I guess every year, every few years, and they asked him to speak. All there are more or less in attendance is billionaires. And he goes, uh, you, uh, you, you realize I'm not a billionaire <laughs> when, he, when they asked him to speak at this, at this event. And they go, yeah, we know that. We know everything about you, blah, 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 blah. But your story, your journey, that, that grind, everything you've been through, you go, we need that. And because a lot of us, we never had to go through that. And if we ever lost it, we want to, like, you're an inspiration from that aspect. So even though he wasn't even a billionaire, what he went through, I mean, he claimed, it's always funny because, you know, what I've learned through the years is how much do our stories get exaggerated when we tell these stories in public. So he talks about living in a car for a few years or whatever. He talks about these things. What, what of that is true? Who knows? You know, I don't know. But I mean, I, 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 he immediately came to mind because there's this level of, I feel like I just told a good friend of mine who helps me with the podcast and stuff the other day because there was something that came up where, I mean, like how many times do you hear stories where it was like, well, life was rainbows and butterflies and I wanted to make a transition and oh my God, I went over here and life was still rainbows and butterflies. Like it just worked out magically, you know? It's like you don't hear that. There's that, there is that darkness, that, that shit that happens, the bad things and we get beat over the head with a baseball bat, but we all have choices. And I, I think it, of course, believe me, man, of course, a lot of this and anybody and me telling you whatever, it's all easier said than done for sure. But at the same time, I think that there's almost nothing that any of us, I mean, I was at an event um, a couple of years ago and there's this guy with no arms and no legs and he's climbing a flipping mountain. Like, I mean, you, you know, you see some of these things and you think, and then you go, what, what is my excuse? <laughs> like, you know, I, I think if, if I maybe you can relate a little bit because it sounds like, you know, you had this, um, not MIA, uh, jump starters, you started jump starters and then that's right. You, you went back into videography, book, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. of course. And then you went back into videography and then now you're going back into jump starters. Right. And it's like, I feel like, um, despite let's not even talk about my past so let's just talk about like where do i go from here and i think i just lack that focused it's like i don't see any reason why i can't concurrently do video stuff that pays the bills and then try to do this influencer stuff that this lady somehow inspired me to do like am i wrong no but some is of it is literally started. well some of it is literally just doing that right now yeah. like you said your, your your gym i mean somebody needs a was it the gym that needs a video potentially yeah, I mean, that's why I've, I've worked for I've worked for that um, them before that club, and then like you know, then there was a there was a member there that you know he was in, they're associated with the boys and girls club. They paid me two thousand dollars to do a video for them. Like the club I worked at, they paid me twenty five hundred dollars to do their membership video. You know, and then like you know, then I get these side gigs. Like one of the members there paid me two hundred dollars to you know film her talk to her people, and it was it was painful. It's the closest thing you're gonna have to like a corporate talk, and I was just ugh. but like you know, editing that was a nightmare. Because it was so boring, but I'm like, I'm just doing this for the money. And yeah. now I'm like, I'm getting like, you know, like that. I don't know which video. Do you, do you remember which videos you watched? It was the first few that were on the account. Yeah. So uh, there, I live in the South Loop and I was like, well, it's called South Loop Production. So I reached out to which is that. essentially the South Loop 
Chamber of Commerce. And she's like, oh, we'd love to have you. So I filled their farmer's market thing for free. Then I filmed um, another video for free. The, um, they had this taste of South Loop. And then I filmed another one for, I said, well, what's your budget? And she's like, well, we can give you $100. And I'm like, all right, I'll do another third video for you for $100. And then she wants me to do a fourth video for $100. Yeah, I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> this is starting to turn into a rabbit hole. Yeah. And she's like, but if you do this fourth video, we can make a highlight of those four videos. And I know thousands of businesses. We can put you in touch you with them. You can make a highlight of the three. You already have each That's one. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That was, a, that was like a hard question I was going to ask you. It was like, do I do this fourth video for $100? No, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I've had one thing in my entire life that I did – well, I can't say entire life, but I had one major thing that I did more than once. I have one thing I'm thinking about right now that was in my early career. I did multiple times and then I stopped, but I, I've done a few. Um, but one specifically that I did more than any other one I did, I, I guess, almost five years in a row. But I made an enormous amount of money from that particular event and filming it for free, the connections I made there. But like, to me, good free work is when you're asking people to do it, not when they're asking you. As soon as you start hearing the lines, like I'm going to hook you up and da, 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 da. Those are takers. If they asked you to do it to begin with, they're already a taker. And, and nine people out of 10 who take do not give, they take. That's but when you give, right. when you give, um, you know, people like to reciprocate. So yes, you're giving in that instant, but that's, it's a giving out of a taking. They're taking from you. You didn't say, hey, I'd like to do this for you necessarily. Or maybe you did. Did you do it for the first one? Yes. Yeah, but now they just keep taking. Now you've created a situation where rather than, because for me, free usually is like portfolio piece. Like, let me, I really want to do this. But if they keep coming back, well then, I mean, you got to ask what's the upside from that point in time. Do you feel like that it is opening doors? Do you, do you want to keep getting your feet wet? Like you try Here's the deal. I don't have any other gigs lined up and you know, it would be a hundred dollars, which sucks because it's probably a three, four hour shoot and it's probably about, you know, five to 10 hour edit, you know, and it's probably a thousand dollar video if I were to charge, sure. you know? And so, yeah, it does feel like I'm being taken advantage, but you know, I'm trying to keep this good relationship because she does know a lot of people, but I don't have anything else going on. And yeah. I don't have any deadlines. And I well, do have for sure. Time. Yeah. I mean, the reality is at times in your situation, it's better to do something than it is to do nothing. But yeah. at the same time, we've, I mean, you know, I, ha I had a buddy where he kept telling me every, like he had had a bunch of not so good stuff happen either. And then it became that more bad stuff just kept happening. But then it was this mouth service of everything's okay. But internally, I finally called him out. I said, dude, that's a load of crap, man. Not everything's okay. And then I got a vent after that because everything was kept verbally okay, but internally was horrible. And I think in life, the more I've studied, you know, for a long time, people bring up the word law of attraction and the phrase law of attraction. And I just thought, okay, you kumbaya on your basement, you think great things are going to happen. Like that's a load of crap. And that was my stereotypical, you know, I think that what a lot of people at times think, they just think, oh, I just think of things and then, oh my God, great things happen. But there, there is this alignment. When we you know, there's no coincidence that our brain will look to continue to reinforce what we're feeling and, and thinking. So when you think you're a big pile of shit and everything's crappy, your brain's going to continue to look for scenarios to reinforce the fact that life is crappy, things don't work out for me, look, nobody pays me, like blah, 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 blah. And it just keeps happening. It's a perpetual cycle till, I mean, at times, I wish there was this crystal clear cut answer of like, you know, something easier than you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and you just have to like, it, I, I always use this hit your head with, hit yourself with the head with a baseball bat, which is a metaphor, but it's like, 
we got to have that where we're just sick of it. And, and we, we then shift and we change our state and we go in a different direction because otherwise we just, we listen to the songs that make us cry. We listen to the things that make us angry. We, we, we do these things, but there's always two paths. There's always two paths. So I think I mentioned this um, during, I don't know if you want to call it a Q&A, but one of the talks you were given, I was asking, I just started asking questions. Yeah, no, I, I love it. You know I the wish cool more thing people was? would do it. Dude, I was sitting in my bedroom in my underwear. I was Chromecasting. <laughs> I hate to admit this. I was, let's say my shorts. And I was Chromecasting your talk via my phone. And I'm just sitting there on my phone, like talking to you, essentially. I was like, this is like, it. technology is pretty cool, man. Yeah, like, for sure. But like one of the things I mentioned was just like, no, I hate my job. I do hate working at that private club because I feel like a loser because I literally have to take the back elevator to get up there. You know, when I'm not in the gym I'm, or when I'm at the gym, I'm supposed to wear like a name tag. You know, like some of these guys, I've, I've had more than one member call me bitch. And I know they don't mean it, mean it. But like at the end of the day, you're like, or like they'll be like, shut up, bitch. And I'm sitting there going, I can't call you bitch back because you're the member and I'm an employee. And I would get fired if I did that, if you decided to like turn me in, which they probably wouldn't. But so I don't want to work there. And I, and I mentioned, I was like, I'm sick of my job. I want to get this video thing started because I know I can make a living doing video at the very least. And then per, perhaps also pursue what I think my passion is, which is video and fitness together or influencing or whatever. And I know and if influencers just sounds gay is not the right word. Um, <laughs> yeah, <no>. sounds <laughs> hokey, you know, I want to be, I want to be an Instagram model, you know, it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah. you're, you're a tool. But like, I, I, I want to do something to help people via social media and um, video and the internet because I don't want to meet with people one-on-one. -on -one. I hate doing that, unlike you. <laughs> but if you've ever been a personal trainer who did one-on-ones, which I did for a number of years, yeah. it becomes a friendship and not a let's get a good workout in to help you meet your goals. I've had paying clients for years who made zero progress that still saw me on a weekly basis and they just kept paying and I kept training them because I needed the money yeah. and I knew we weren't getting any closer to goals because I knew outside of our sessions they weren't doing anything and well yeah so, there's so what so in that in that instance I mean the interesting thing you take the online course world I mean the, the results are even lower than whatever one-on-one -on -one that you were having and so but that just <laughs> allows you to be blind to it <laughs> you know that's that's the difference there yeah. you know because that's you know in like a Parker scenario, they probably really pulled the 10,000 people who've taken that course. I would, I would gamble there aren't even a thousand people who are making any significant money at all. They're not full-time filmmakers. No, no. Or, yeah. But like, yeah, I, I've, I've fallen on that fucking path. Excuse my language. But like, I think I bought the path with that course, what, three years ago? And I haven't made it. I'm not full-time. I bought Course Creator Pro earlier this year. I haven't made a course yet. You know, I've, I've sitting there and Parker is good at making videos. He can make a video about anything. I would probably watch it. Yeah, sure. So it's like, and it's like, it's weird. You get this like buzz when you see, Oh, new video by Parker. And like, you want to watch it and, yeah. and shit. And you think in your mind, like, Hey, I'm maybe I'm working toward my goals, but the truth is I haven't done that yet. So I guess like at the end of the day, it's like, maybe I've thrown too much stuff out there, but like, you know, is it, is it realistic to think I can start a video business while trying to do video and fitness business, which I think is my true passion, you know? I, 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 I coined the, the moniker funny fit guy. That's my Twitter handle, which I've done okay. nothing with. I've wanted to do that. I want to make funny videos about fitness that were actually informative. You know, that's yeah, I my, mean, some passion. of this right now is more, it is an experimentation. It is the MIA. Like it is taking the action on it because you either got to get, you got to get it out of your mind. You either then are able to go yes and confirm and pursue, or you know and confirm and go, this isn't it. You know, because that's the thing. It's just kind of, it's all festering right now. You're like yes. mold. It's just growing. And it's just not necessarily getting any better the more you let it fester. That's uh, why your, your book connected. It, it sounded like it was just a 
off the top of the head type of book too. And I was, and it was good because yeah. I, I, I don't know. There's another guy named Kyle Cease who was a comedian who turned into, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah He's another one that just talks off the top of his head. And I, I started following him and stuff. And then all of a sudden you start seeing a pattern and all of a sudden you start seeing the same jokes. And all of a sudden you're like, he's just saying the same <laughs> shit over and over again. And so I kind of stopped following him, but yeah, 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 no, he was another, he was, when I was doing stand up comedy, he would start to put together this comedy boot camp course. And it was the same thing. It was Tony Robbins asked just, with the uh, you're going to become a stand-up comedian filter you know and so uh, that's neither here nor oh, and, and that's but this is the thing for me i mean ironically enough man the reality is geb's total video was the initial in my company which you probably heard in there and that was anything for anybody related to video and then i found a sweet spot and that is when i accelerated and when i wanted to do this kind of work I went back to 19-year-old version of me who had no confidence, who wanted to do inspirational stuff, but then essentially was speaking to everybody with a pulse. And then what I realized, you know, in all these years and then revitalizing, I mean, I have a trend in my life of like, some things leave for two years and then come back. Some things leave and never have seemingly come back. But like my wife and I broke up for a couple of years. We got back together, had multiple friends where we stopped talking for a couple of years, got back together. So you know, the things that I've usually gotten back with end up thriving afterwards. So we'll see what happens here. But I realized that my way of thinking, and I keep doing it more and more every day, was that if you take the technical aspect of video production, I can't compete against a Parker. You know, I can't be the best in the world at that. I don't love it enough. I don't care about it enough. He's excellent. I'll never be that. So I don't want to compete there. So then we take it to the business side. I've thought of levels I can compete there, but again, there's already people in Course Creator Pro who are starting to really bring out their structured step-by-step, their scripted guys, they got their templates and their, their proposals and on contracts and all those things. So then I start to go, well, I'm not that guy. Like I can't compete there, but by God, from a off the cusp, energetic, infect the crap out of somebody, get them inspired, get them encouraged, get them believing in themselves, get them believing in what they want or say they want, and then taking action towards it, ain't nobody can compete with me except for if I get out of the video niche right now. Because now I'm lumped into Tony Robbins and the Brenda Bouchard and whoever the hell else is out there who's speaking to everybody with a pulse. And so inside the video niche of the work I'm doing, there's zero competition. So I can stand out and stand proud and, and be big. But, and I don't need, like when you think of even Parker's group, which is why I kept kind of going to him, I don't need doing small group events and one-on-one and some of that. Like there's 10,000, eight to 10,000 people bought his course. They're all my ideal on some level. I couldn't even do, if I did 365 a year, I think I did the math for like 10 or 15 years it would take me to do a one-on-one day every day of the year to get through 10,000 people and it's in, it's not even realistic. Right. So I don't need to be necessarily going, well, I got to market to photographers and this and this and all these different creatives, even though I could help them. But the, the, the big thing is I don't really care what anybody does. Like I don't care whether you end up wanting to do video or not. Like I told you about the lady, my thing is that people get aligned and they get to do what they love every day that they get charged. I mean, I was up at freaking, I mean, when I haven't been as inspired, man, I'm like, it's like, you don't want to really get out of bed. You don't want to do anything. I freaking woke up at, I went to the bathroom at like four o'clock this morning. And then I laid in bed for a minute. I had an idea. I'm like, oh, I'll remember that in the morning. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, I forgot it. And then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm getting out. I got up at like 440 and I was fired up and I was sending the people I coach these messages in the morning at like five. But I was, I'm so fired up right now with energy because as a collective whole, 
I'm doing the thing that energizes me. I, yeah. And here's the million dollar question. Why can't I get started? Because I think I know, I know what I want to do. I told you what I want to do. You know, I really do want to be that social media influencer and makes funny videos, takes quality videos of fitness and stuff, you know, and educates people and inspires people and entertains people. That's always been educated. Yeah, but in your yeah. mind, if you're a piece of shit right now, nobody wants to put themselves out as a piece That's of how shit. I feel. I feel like a piece of shit. You, you know, you, I really yeah, you feel that way. Yeah, for sure. And I get it, man. And, and, and I won't say there's nothing wrong with that, but it's it, the amount of people I was just thinking this guy, Les Brown, if you ever heard of him, motivational speaker, have, been around have. forever. Um, you know, he talks about how he's up there standing and telling people to believe and do this and that. And he's like living in his car. It's like the incongruence in his mind, the, the fraudness of like standing on a stage, telling people to go for their dreams, blah, blah, blah. When in, in his mind, he's thinking, shit, I'm living in a car right now. Like I'm not driving, but, but there was just this like almost alter ego. And there's a thing about, um, it was uh, Sasha Fierce is what uh, Beyonce had as this alter ego when she would go on stage because supposedly she's more or less an introvert. So to like Whoa. go out on stage, she had to become the embody the mind of this Sasha Fierce. And eventually she didn't need to do that anymore because she was freaking Beyonce and, and she just was Beyonce. But before she had to create this alter ego. And so potentially right now, it's like, you know, I know one guy, it's, it's the glasses. Like he puts on like a Clark Kent thing. Like the glasses make him, now he's, it's a trigger. And so it's like, what can you do? You've got to take that first step. That first step is, is at times the hardest, but like, that's the thing you're not doing right now. You're kind of having on the influencer, whatever we're going to call it side, it sounds like you've done nothing. And then on the video side, there's been just a little bit of dabbling. Just yes. enough to say I'm doing something. The closest, I, I mean, I've made some, you know, like I said, there's one video I got paid 2,500, one I got paid 3,000. So I've made videos over the course of years, right? Not once a month. That would be yeah, awesome. You're the, the guy who I talked to has been doing weddings for four years and does about three weddings a year for three grand. Give yeah. Me, you know. And then, and then I, um, the closest I came, I did do a daily vlog. I was going to shoot for 100 days. I got to 72. And I literally videoed myself getting up at four in the morning meditating for 10 minutes, making my breakfast, going to the track before work, going to work and working out. And I made 72 of these videos and the first 50 of them, I didn't even talk to the camera, but I was working like the casing nice stat, multiple angles, sure. multiple camera shit. And it was, and I watch them now and I'm, 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 I'm mildly entertained. I was like, those, those weren't bad. That was the closest I came to getting the momentum going. And by the end I was actually filming myself cooking and it was like a quasi. And why'd you stop? Show. Dude, to be honest, I took a break, meaning I missed a day. And I was like, well, I can't get, now I can't get those hundred in a row. And I kind of just, well, maybe I just need to take a week off. And then I started eating unhealthily during the holidays because right around Christmas. And I never got back on track. Did, did any of that stuff, the mom and everything else, was this at that time overlapping or no? Uh, no, my mom was four years ago. No, this was last year. This was right after my okay, brother so died. Got... I, weighed, I, I, I weighed 230 pounds. And it was a goal of mine to get under 200 and I wanted to videotape it. And I called it day negative five because okay. five days before I actually started, I filmed myself eating pizza and sleeping in and thumbing through like Tinder and Bumble. And I filmed myself doing all these videos and stuff. And then, you know, day negative four, negative three, and then day zero was the first day where I actually did a workout. Okay. And I filmed myself for 72 straight days and I actually was getting closer to my goals and I was doing well. And then I don't know what the fuck happened when I just stopped and I wanted to get that back. Interesting. You know, and that was only six, that was what, eight months ago, right? Did you feel like with the, with the 72 videos, did you feel like you were 
besides you were doing them, did you feel like externally that nothing was happening though? No, I, I felt it didn't matter at that point, to be honest, because I was doing it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing it for myself. I had, I had, I would get an average about like 10 to 12. You just don't know why you stopped the one and then you just lost the momentum though. You were like, "Eh, whatever. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, yes, I mean, that's what happened, you know, and it was, it was at least I would, it was me carrying a camera, you know, talking to myself you know, like, like any other idiot vlogger. Right. And then yeah. editing for four, at least four hours a day, you know, just to make these daily videos. Yeah. And, but I actually felt good because I was doing something with my yeah. time. Now I sit there and watch sports center, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually working through parks and rec right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's, I mean, man, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I gotta give, you know, uh, there's so many things out there, of course, but whatever works, but there's, you know, Mel Robbins talks about her five, four, three, two, one thing. Yeah, Something. <laughs> that's, that, that's one. And by the way, I'm pretty well versed in the self-help. So yeah, like the sure. whole Jen Cisnero, I've, I've knocked out two of her books. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never got into um, uh, Tim Ferriss. I thought he was kind of a blowhard. I know, I know he's probably your friend. No, 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 stuff, no, 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 like, no. I was I like, mean, no. even like four hour bodies. I was like, Oh, I do like bath, you know, ice baths and all this crazy shit. And people never, are just eating it up and, yeah the four-hour work week is like oh i don't work that much i just do what i want to do and i make a lot of money doing it and you're like wow that's you know and that is true you know if you follow your passion money will come but like i don't but know i've just- never read it see there's the thing i did with law of attraction though is like it's not really i don't work that much right it's what do you want to cut down how do you optimize like that's what i took away from it is like i'm spending a hundred we'll just call it a hundred hours on a wedding then i got and getting thirty five hundred dollars now i got it down to say 25 hours and i'm getting thirty five hundred dollars so for me, I made more money as a byproduct of being able to cut, let's say, 75 hours. And that's not an exactness, but like that kind of stuff is what I started doing is how do I optimize? How do I tweak this? What's the 80-20? What's the fact that really 80% of my time is being spent on things that I'm not that excited about, that I don't enjoy that much, that I'm not proud of when I get done with it? And I make 20% of my income from that. And I make 80% of my income from these weddings at the time which really don't actually in the big picture take, if I get down to this same day edit, da, 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 they don't take up that much time. And so, you know, that's the thing that it's, it's fascinating there. So it's like, sometimes we see things and we judge the book by its cover and we make these, these things. And so I, I you know, um, that's not the, the fight on that, but like, so that's the thing that I'm really hellbent on is how do we, like even right now, as I'm progressing forward with what I'm doing currently with Jumpstarters, I am constantly in a assessment of is this necessary? There's already things we're cutting out right now because I just see it's a waste of time, energy, and the lack of money that is being able to be even used anyways to do some of these things. I just, I don't know, am I, I guess I'm fighting comfort. Although I'm, I'm literally thriving, not even thriving, I'm, I'm, in, I'm living a life of mediocrity, maybe even below because I'm making less than most people that live in Chicago make. So. I don't know, man. I know if I could get started and get focused, it wouldn't be an issue, but I'm just having trouble getting started. And, you know, it's killing me because it literally, I just see every day. I just, you just watch the days in the calendar. You watch the, like that cliche, you see the sheets on the calendar, like falling off, you know, and I'm just like, and the, and the, and the clock is going like this, you know, and I'm just like years, weeks are turning to months, months into years, man. And I haven't, I'm no closer to my fucking goals than I was, you know, four years ago, let's say. And it just pisses me off. Yeah, you know, and I do relate because, I mean, again, you know, there's these things that that people can say about us, places we think we should be, you know, I should, like, I can think all the way back, like right now I could go, well, what if I wouldn't have gone down all these rabbit holes, like where would my video production company have been because we were on this like double, 
double. Like we were on a ship to the moon. And then, you know, it all went off the rails. And I've had the, it all went off the rails multiple times. And I'll, I'll tell you what, getting Jumpstarters going this time um, was very difficult. Last year was in a weird way, like I'd done so much personal development work that it wasn't um, like personally, things were really, really good. But professionally, I was probably in weird ways on my, some of my lowest that I'd been in a long time because I, I just kept, it felt like every other day I was changing direction. Like literally I couldn't commit to anything. Like it would be, I'd start something up, I'd make a big, you know, big stink about it, even online and I'd do it for a week and then I literally would stop. And it just was this constant start, stop, start, stop. And I'm like, I'm losing trust with people. I mean, I had somebody at the beginning of the year when I was reaching out about what I'm doing here and trying to get some people to test it out. I mean, I had multiple emails that were people like, no, I really like you, man. But I got to tell you, yeah, I've seen this before. Not seen it before from other people. Seen it before from me. And being who I am, like, I care deeply about people and I'm not trying to scam people or anything else, but it hurts. Like, it doesn't not hurt to have somebody judge me or miss, like, not trust me and these things because of patterns or things I've done in the past. But, you know, you also realize if you go on the, on the, on the big scale of the world, like, oh my God, like, there's literally billions who have no single clue who I am on earth. And the president of the United States and multiple other things like that are examples that you can have the most horrible. I mean, I was telling my wife the other day, we brought something like Bill Clinton. And I'm like, Bill Clinton was getting, after everything that happened, was one of the highest paid speakers with $250,000 a gig to go speak. Like, it don't matter what you do in this world anymore. At the end of the day, you can bounce back. And at the end of the day, the only reason you don't is if you don't. Like, if you choose to not bounce back. Like, I was in an event that I filmed, and the, the keynote guy was a guy who was a drug dealer making $5 million a day and was in jail for, I think, 20 years. And then when he got out, he'd been out for, I don't know, five to six years now. They had him speak at the event. And he's telling these entrepreneurs, essentially, you know, how he'd go into a city and, you know, he'd literally give, you know, these key people drugs for free and they get hooked, they get addicted, da, 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 da. And like, I'm just sitting here, I'm like, this is unbelievable. And when you stop and you look at some of these things that are happening out there, you realize we, we sit and we wallow in ourselves and think everybody's examining us like a freaking mag with a magnifying glass and we're going to be outed because, you know, this and that is not a certain way or we haven't made this or we've had all these failures. But the reality is, so is everybody else out there. And anybody who's acting like they don't, more than likely they're a lion sack of you know what. Like they're not telling the truth. And I, from everything I've studied with my buddy, who's a behavioral profiler, like there's a lot of sociopaths out there, man. They got no empathy. They, they, they can do things that I can't even remotely begin to think about doing because I couldn't sleep at night, but they don't even flinch. Like the kind of people you're talking about, you got on the call, who's like, oh. hey man, thousand bucks right out of the gate. They just want to let you know that. Like, I can't, I mean- I can't even imagine doing that, you know? And, and yet there are people out there who can do things that they don't think twice, but it doesn't matter what type of personality you are or what kind of person you are. We all can get knocked down. We all get knocked down, but we all can get back up. 
And the people who don't, it's not because the world has shunned them and they now like have no ability to ever survive again. Like you, you might have this uber attachment to that gym, but nothing in the real world is actually forcing you with a gun to your head to stay at that gym indefinitely and be miserable. You know what I mean? And and like it's it, it's and that's what I've had to to realize at times is that, you know, we we have a choice. There's a story I once heard of these twins who who grew up, you know, together, same school, same parents, same everything, but the parents were you know drug addicts, alcoholics, and when they got older, one was a drug addict and alcoholic, and one wasn't, and they both blamed the same person, their father. Well, how was I not supposed to end up like this? And then the other one said, I was never going to end up like that, you know, and so. I see that all the time where there's that choice and like pain and struggle, we can either allow it to, to eat us up forever. And I'm not saying, man, I mean, the stuff that's happened, I mean, anybody will have a struggle out of that. I mean, unless again, you have no emotion, you're not going to have parents die and all these things and be like, hey, that's great. You know, no problem. But at the same time, it's how long do we then allow these things to eat away at us and continue to drive down. You know? I, just, I just feel like, I don't know, man, I've been this Lone Ranger for so long, meaning I've lived, lived by myself. During the day in this gym, I literally sit there by myself when no one's there. You know, I have two dogs. I go home at night. I wake up alone, you know, and it's been going on for years. And so, like, every, t- every time I get, like, this grandiose idea, no matter what it is, there's no accountability because I could do it or not do it. No one's going to tell me. No one's going to cheer me on. and No one's going to – you know, no one's sure. going to say anything bad if it turns out good. No one's going to say anything good if it turns out bad. Like, it's just, it, I don't know, man. It's got to be. That's what I'm wondering. Like you said, maybe I should just go get a job. <laughs> At least I'd be making money then, you know? I, would have well, someone I can tell to, you someone doing to something yeah. and being around people would be a hell of a lot better than not. Like that's something, you're, you're in a cycle right now that it's actually safe and comfortable. That's what I said earlier. Like it's just like, it's more scary to go do what you're more naturally inclined to do anyways. Like you, you are living the life of your opposite. Like your opposite would thrive off the current lifestyle that you've built up, but you're living a life that is not designed for you. And that is is what I think is sucking the life and the soul out of you. And the longer it goes, the that much more difficult and probably, you know, I'm no expert in these certain areas, but like it's not mentally healthy the longer you stay down this path. You know, because it's it's going to get so deep that you'll think you'll never get out of it, and oh, I, and that's the I thing agree, that's man. and that's the thing that's scary. Like for me, I find when I get in that trend where you know I can do almost anything and actually make time evaporate. So I can be doing stuff I don't like in time. I mean, short of like when I used to have jobs and I'm like looking at the clock, looking at the clock, like that kind of thing. But that was back when I was like 19. But now. If I do get sucked into social media and Facebook and Instagram and scrolling, I mean, thank God I didn't do drugs or alcohol because I have an addictive behavior about me. And I do it with Facebook. I do it with Instagram. You know, if I get into certain things on the computer or typing things out or website stuff, it's like time evaporates, but I am not excited. I'm not energized. I'm not happy. And then that's, I mean, my buddy, I was doing all this stuff in full-time filmmaker to get things going again. I had started the beginning of the year and I'm doing these, um, the Voxer, your coach in your pocket thing with some trial people that I had kind of known, reached out, I'm just testing that out. And then I kind of exhausted all my like access to people and I'm like, okay, like, you know, it's working, but kind of going to need more people. And I had made connections, got introduced and, and was given permission to, to go live in full-time filmmaker. So I started going live full-time filmmaker like once a week. I'm like, well, 
this and this and this is happening. So maybe I start going more than once a week. And then I started calling them jumpstart sessions. And then people like, is this a podcast? So I did about 21 hours of that in that group. And then I said, okay, we're gonna do this podcast. Then I started getting all crazy in my mind and what do I do? But then all of a sudden I started putting the systems and the people and these processes and things that overall do not energize. So I, I stopped doing the lives. I stopped doing certain things that bring me joy and energize me. And then my buddy, you know, he's like, dude, you haven't gone live in two and a half months. I'm like, has it been two and a half months already? Are you freaking kidding me? And so then it was either that day or the next day, which is probably the one you just saw that was like, I was super fired up. Like it, it, I just got back in that groove and, you know, and, and so there's those things that sometimes we know will charge us up, but if we don't do them and the longer we don't do them, then we can just feel like, well, whatever. Uh, but we, we got to just overcome that and just do it. I mean, I'm always, when I went live for the first time, it was probably honestly three months after he gave me permission to do it, I had this, this imposter. I'm like, what are they going to do to me? What are they going to say to me? They're going to ridicule me. Like I did that in my mind. And then finally enough was enough. And I did the first one. I built up the like, come on. And then I just did it. And I gave it my all. I gave it my heart. I didn't care what I had or hadn't done in my life at that point in time, what worked or didn't work. I just knew that I would pour my passion into that first live. And I got phenomenal feedback. The yeah. one thing you're phenomenal at, if you want to use that word, is you don't say, uh. <laughs> I do that all the time. You can literally go without going, uh. I don't know, man. That's, that's, and that's engaging, to be honest. But secondly, like, it is true to get sucked into this world of social media. And being a high school football coach, I'm telling kids to get off their damn phone because they're not, it's not real anyway. But I, get, I fall into that trap, too. You think everyone that's doing – online course is a millionaire and they that's what they say like I, I remember the days when I was making 30 grand and now I'm making you know 30 grand a week and you're like wow and I don't are they lying is everyone there lying like some not of these all, people not all but there's definitely 100 100 million percent there are for sure yeah. I just I mean, got a, I got a call I finally and it worked I've had this phone number well not one because I blocked it I have had probably 50 different times this lady Kate that has left a voicemail on my phone and I block it every day. It's something about a loan or something, but it's different numbers. So I called it today. Kate's on the prompts, press this, press that. I finally get to this guy who sounds like he has no brains in his head. Sounds like he's a drunk fool. And I'm like, can I talk to Kate? Well, Kate's over in our uh, da, 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 da department, but he sounds like he's drunk and slurring. And uh, I said, oh, okay. Uh, so he goes, so you want a, you know, a, a, a loan? I'm like, I'd love to talk to Kate. You know, Kate's called me about 50 times from 50 different phone numbers. <laughs> Would you like to be, oh, I will remove you from the number. I said, no, I just want to talk to Kate. And then he hung up on me. Yeah. No, so, I, yeah. I tee off on those people, man. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I block them all. I never answer the phone anymore. But that was one I, where I was like, I just got to see. But what I'm saying is, is like, we have the comparison. I have had to literally, there are, I've had ups and downs with like Vaynerchuk, man. I, you, we have even positive thing, whether you like it or not, like, but whatever you might no, even I'm, think. I'm, I'm going through, I, I think I did crushing it already and I'm going through his question and answer book now. And I, I what know, I was going to say is we need to, there can be things that should be inspirational and are positive and are encouraging that we still need to block because I've seen people, I've done this where we're taking something. I see it in full-time filmmaker. People who are seeing people go, I just quit my job. I'm full-time. There's zero context in their story. It's just, oh my God, I'm full-time. And I have one guy that I know right now, like, I mean, 
full time is I need a thousand dollars a month to survive. I'm making twelve hundred. I don't have to have my job anymore. And then you got somebody else who needs to make eight thousand a month, and they're making four, and they still can't quit their job. So, like, what full time is, what making a lot of money is, what expensive is, is different to every individual. And when we're in a constant comparison trap, because everybody puts the highlight reel, says this and that. Some are honest, some are not. Some are living out a lot of details. But the reality is, like, there's a lot of lies going around. And, and we have to, we can get sucked into that. And, you know, the comparison, why? Because that's where you go again, shoot. I mean, 40 years old now, look at these people, you know? And I know people do that at 30. And I know people are doing that at 22 years old. They already think they're a load of, you know, piece of crap because they haven't accomplished certain things because somebody else is a billionaire and sold their company at 20. You know, and so no matter where we're at, we'll hit those things where we think we're not good enough. We are not where we should be. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, right now with where you're at, there's, there's not this perfect answer of like, this is the kind of business or these are exact step-by-steps that you need to take. The reality is you have to take steps. Like the, the you know, the, the baby keeps falling down, but it gets back up until it can walk. But sometimes, like I see people wanting to be the baby, they're, they're a baby that's born and they think they should be driving a Ferrari around the, the, you know, the racetrack right now. And it's like- would you, would you say I have to take massive imperfect steps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good, I love it. No, that's why it connected with me. Cause it's like, and that was, that was one of my favorite quotes of whatever was anything worth doing is worth doing badly. And I, you have to understand what that means in order to understand that. And it's just like, dude, just get started, right? Yeah, well, because you know, we're always waiting, like, you know, the, the perfect thing is is crippling. I mean, it's so crippling. And the amount of times I've asked people's, I have to still catch it. I do it less and less and less now, but I'm always seeking the opinions of other people. And the reality is when we do these things in public forums, that's what, I mean, like I always bring up like a full-time filmmaker, they're the most positive group of people, but no matter what group it is as a whole, short of a few where they're all like I've been involved with clients that I filmed and they have groups where you know what the entire group of people they're all from if you just take from a financial and from a business standpoint 99% of them are doing pretty well Uh, whether or not their lives are good because I've seen that whether or not they're happy and all that that's a different story but like in full-time filmmaker-esque groups and different things of those calibers the percentage of people who are really crushing it are typically low and so the peanut gallery always wants to speak up they're not ill-intended like in that group they're not ill-intended but you're going to get 50 anytime you go what do you guys think of this what kind of thing should i do should i quit my job or i just quit my job you get 50 different responses of yeah burn the boats or do this or do that and there's zero context so now at times people are more confused and crippled than they were when they went in hoping they'd get help and that's why i love versions of I mean, really for me as a whole, everything, I, I'm doing this the way I'm doing it so people can, you know, listen to these interactions and things and, and, and gleam something out of it. But at the end of the day, I want, and this is what I've had to, to design the things I'm weighing them designing it because I want to make an impact on people I'll never speak to. So if I do everything in private, then that part, you know, goes away. That's my super altruistic side. But simultaneously, my desire is to, have the individual support because it's always through the years I've had so many things where we're just getting into big group programs or big Facebook groups and there's really it's just a hodgepodge of help there's nobody who understands behavior and and really digging into what's right for Andy 
not and what's right for Andy right now is not going to be right for for Larry and Joe and Sally and Susie because we're different and I have all these assessments you people can go to the website and see these results of the different sessions I've done and you can start to observe like I mean the interesting thing is is everybody can have the state of mind that you're in it doesn't matter how they're wired um, but what you normally see with someone of your wiring is that they're not your sitting. That's, what, that's what's so fascinating. It's still picked up what's more than likely your natural state. So you're, a, you're, you're, you're typically a decisive, outgoing, connect with people, good at sales, like all those kinds of things. But if I compare the way you've been living and talking and speaking and all that, you're acting like your opposite, which is I'm going to sit back. I don't really want to reach out to anybody. I'm kind of afraid that they might judge me. Like there's that stuff happening. And that's why I keep bringing up this, you're living something that your opposite would love and actually probably be happy with. And like, I don't have anybody that I have. Like we all need somebody. We all need people on some level, but some need it far more than others. So I need some level of connection far more than my opposite does. Like my wife doesn't need the level of like talking to people and doing some of that. Now I don't go out and party. Like we're still like, I like my evening. Like I, I don't need to like constantly daily, like go to social events and do things like that. But I get my fill of doing calls like this or with the Voxer app that I'm using with my coaching client. Like I get my uh, fill of being able to talk and communicate and inspire. But my opposite doesn't need any of this. They don't like to do it almost at all, you know? And so you're living in that opposite style of you, which is why it's, it's depressing yeah. because you, you, you can't live in, in a silo alone. Nobody should live completely alone, but you're definitely needing that connection. And it sounds like the gym is a really toxic environment in a lot of ways right now. And, yeah. you know, and I, I know you're 40 and whatever else. And I don't know, it sounds like your father probably does pretty good if he's paying off $25,000 worth of debt. But I, I would not have shame in jobs or getting support from other people who are willing to help and take away the ego and take away the shame and get out of toxic environments and toxic people and toxic surroundings so that you can then start. It's like an alcoholic, right? Like if you're an alcoholic and you just keep putting yourself around and with people who are drinking and you take a drink, you're never going to not be an alcoholic. You know, you, you, you have to completely eradicate. You see the movies, they're dumping all the stuff in the trash. They got to do what they can and not have it around them. But if you're in a state of either alone or at a toxic place, there's not much ability for you to be inspired to do much of anything. I mean, I've had to remove people from my life who you know, unfortunately, it's just like, it's not, it's not healthy, you know, and, and, and at times, you know, I probably have done it in unhealthy ways um, where I've, you know, ghosted or whatever words, but you know what, it, it, I guess that is what it is. That's my own, my own thing. But like, I've had to do that, but that's been healthy for me to recharge, not be distracted and, and different things. So it's like, it, it, I guess one question I have is like, if, if you are indeed doing well and I'm sure you are. But like, did you have like a mentor or like, that's why I wanted to like, because the path I want to take, I, other than this lady that I've never met, you know, she seems to be like the one that would have the answers to the questions I'm asking. Who's but the like, lady again? That Natalie Jill. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but like, like even like, like, I don't know. It's weird too to listen to Parker talk about Devin Supertramp because you could just hear that bitterness in his voice, whether he know it's, it's, and you know what I mean? And it's just like, dude, you're doing great you know, stop talking about Devin Supertramp, my friend. Like, you know, like it just, you know what I mean? Like, 
I mean, am I am I missing that in my life? Some sort of like guiding light that I, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, on the one, so there's there's different varying levels of of that depending on what you need, you know. And so for me, in fact, Ferris, it was a if you want to be a New York Times bestselling author, then learn from one, which is high, ultimately why I ended up focusing on helping videographers and kind of filmmakers in that space because I've been down that path for like almost 14 years now and did really well. Um, and so for me to help, could I do certain things and provide encouragement and help and all that kind of personal development stuff for a photographer and for a designer? Sure. And I have at times, but I, I lack some confidence there because the only element I can bring is my encouragement all that which is a high part of it but why not also be able to bring the 14 years of experience directly in the field so that's why i narrowed down and people always think that's a scary thing but so for you i mean you know being front with it of course i can provide elements of of that but it depends on what you want to do like if you were wanting to truly replicate a natalie thing then yeah there's certain elements that i can do with what i'm doing with people when it really comes to the clarity the confidence the alignment in those elements but you'd want to learn from somebody like that if you're wanting to replicate her her system and, and all that. But right now, I would argue that from everything you've said, you know, it, it's a matter of some more actual action before, you know, you because people like that, they end up having, they have another course. Well, buy my course. It's the blueprint on how I became a, we'll just, she'll just use probably the word influence or whatever, fitness guru person. And like, that's not, you need the connection. You mentioned accountability. So, Buying disconnected things, books, listening to podcasts, those things, it might put you over the edge, but more than likely, you're going to need some level of connection with someone, and, and, and that's what's going to, to be able to, to push. I mean, I had a guy that was uh, doing the thing with me, and honestly, we didn't interact a lot, and I didn't even know necessarily if he was loving it. Like Sometimes for me, the less someone interacts, sometimes I question whether they're getting anything out of it. And the more I learn is like they get what they need and some people need a little bit more, some people need a little less, but he sends me this audio, I think he said it was six months in and he goes, my wife has noticed that I'm different. Like I'm more optimistic, I'm more positive, like the jobs I'm getting are more things I really want to be doing and she was overall just, just happier. And she goes, well, just thank that guy that, you know, cause it seems like he's having, cause that's, that's my gift. It's not, do I have this exact business step-by-step -step strategy on how to achieve X, Y, and Z and do it with, you know, certain frameworks and formulas and systems? No, I don't because I was a relationship guy. Like it was all about connections and relationships and my personality. My work was solid. But at the same time, I looked at people who were definitely more skilled than me, but I was getting the jobs and they weren't. And that wasn't because I had some magic formula, you know. And so when it comes to helping people, I realized that my gift is infecting people with a confidence, a belief, and getting them to act. Because almost everybody I've had that's had big success stories, it is the action. Like, they're not acting. Be, right? They're not doing anything. And some of them, they're not that, like in a loving way, their talent isn't extraordinary in regards to the, the, the work that they're creating or doing. But again, a person, there's this guy named Derek Sivers, and he talks about, it's like, he's got this table with ideas and execution. He goes, you can have an excellent, uh, on a scale of one to 20, a 20 idea. But with a one or a zero of execution, it's not worth anything. Whereas the opposite person could have, 
you know, a really kind of crappy idea, but unbelievable execution. And it's going to do better than the person with an amazing idea. And it, it's, it's a duh. Like we inherently know that, right? We're not stupid. You're not stupid. People don't real, you know, not, not realize that, you know, my idea isn't worth anything if I don't do anything. But the reality is most of us just stay in a, in a dreaming and a fantasy land of what we wish could be. But it's a lot easier to stay there. I was talking to the guy who did the 15 million. We were talking about how a lot of people don't act because as soon as they act and they do and they fail, now their dream dies. When in fact, most people fail and things don't work out and it's that resilience that's built up because it's a choice, right? I can finally go after my dream and oh, the thing I tried doesn't work out the way I imagined it in my head for the last five and a half years. So I guess I'm a you know, piece of crap. I'll give you this one story real quick of a lady you should look into. Her name's Susie Batiste. And Susie went bankrupt twice by the time she was 38, uh, divorced twice by the time she was 38. And she essentially was like, I'm done with business. Like I obviously suck at business because ain't nothing working out. I mean, bankrupt twice, divorced twice. Like I just might as well change direction. So she ended up going on this spiritual you know, inner working, personal development, seminars, everything for like three and a half years and got to a place where she's like, yeah, I don't need money anymore. I don't care. Like we just, she's banging. She said her gonga G, you know, just like kumbaya and life is good and whatever. Um, but up until that second bankruptcy, she was chasing the shiny object, chasing the, you know, the money, chasing the results. Like, oh, if I do this, it'll bring me all this. You know, we always want what we think all these things will bring us, which is ultimately freedom or happiness. Because so we think we have to make the money, achieve this thing, do this thing to, to do it when we can have it right now. So her brother-in-law was at, um, they were at a party together and he said, you know, I wonder if you can trap a uh, poop odor in the toilet. And she calls it a live idea. She just got these chills and everything. And she's like, oh my God, I love, I love uh, uh, essential oils. I'm going to just start experimenting. So people would come over to the house and they'd be like, you going number one or number two? And she'd spray the toilet before they take a shit. And, you know, no. absolutely. I thought she was nuts. <laughs> so for about a year and a half, she does this. And finally, some people go, uh, can we buy this? Like this stuff works. And she's like, Okay. And she had some entrepreneurial spirit, of course, about her because for almost 20 years she experimented, but then she just kind of gave up. And what I found was, and I'll, I'll tell you the rest here, but what I've seen is, is people who are chasing the shiny objects and they're doing things that if they didn't need money, they would never do. So thus typically failing, having things not work out. What happens is, is when you've lost everything, you're not afraid of losing anymore. You'll essentially focus on the things that light you up and you will say not one single yes to anything that doesn't because it's like, why? It's like I was miserable and lost everything. At least if I lose it again, I'm going to have a good time losing it. And so, you know, now 14 years later, her company's worth $600 million and it's called Poopery and uh, she is just, you know, killing it. And, 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 and she just focused on Poopery, but it was a random thing that she just kept seeing down the rabbit hole. But when it started, it wasn't, okay, I got this business idea. Let's get the website. Let's get the branding. Let's get all the business cards. Let's get everything set up. It was just like, no, I mean, I just see what happens. I'm just doing this as just a challenge. I just like essential oils. I'm just going to play with it and see what happens. And then people are like, this works. And, and then, you know, it just kind of, she went down the rabbit hole and she figured it out as she went along. And I've been so, in fact, a lot of the stuff I talk about now 
has been coming from her a little bit with the what makes you come alive. Because even in my own life, the biggest wins and biggest successes were when I didn't chase money and I essentially did what lit me up like a Christmas tree because then I pursued it even when things got tough versus the things where I buy an app course because I think, oh my God, you know, me and my brother can go in on this and we'll be making $100,000 a month in the next 90 days because that's what we were promised for $2,000. It's got to work, you know, and I do that and, you know, I go for, you know, a little bit and we don't do anything because it was all on me. My brother wasn't, didn't end up doing anything and I didn't have any, the process because people did. I saw people who started at the same time as we kept kind of track. Some of them did really well. Why? Because the process for them was something they enjoyed. They enjoyed looking up developers and talking and studying these apps and all. I hated all of that. And so I lost. And we tend to lose at things that we're only in love with the outcome. We're not in love with the way we're going to get there. And so we'll stop. And so that's why I'm so hellbent on people removing the things that they wouldn't do if they didn't need to do it. And there's always so many things you have to do at times. But if the 80 percentile is spent in areas of doing things that we don't enjoy and don't like, that's a crappy life to live. You know, we'll always have little moments. I have things. We have little small seasons at times. But is that the minority or the majority? If it becomes the majority, it's a problem. That's the way I look at it. And that's why I see with her and these other people that I've been studying, it's like the amount of people I've seen who've gone bankrupt multiple times and then blew up out of that is insanity to me. And it's because, like I said, I think the congruence, the alignment of they go, I fail being miserable. So now when I do whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to freaking do stuff I love and I'm have fun doing it. And if I fail, well, fine, but at least I enjoy it. The other process I didn't enjoy. And so I, I really believe that with every bone in my body, that if we're working on things that suck the soul out of us, but we think, oh my God, well, at least someday I'll get to $100,000 a month and I'll have freedom from it. It's like, Will we ever make it there? Like most people don't make the course thing work because they're not wired like a Parker. Parker's making it work because he is wired. He's a machine wiring, right? You're not, you're like half, you're like a hybrid because on this one graph, the D, I, S, and C, the red, yellow, green, and blue, the red and the blue are machines and the yellow and the green are human per se. They're, they're the people elements. And so you're red and yellow. So you got that, you, I mean, like I said, your normal style is, is like compile drive through things. You know, you got an engine. That's the interesting thing. You have, that red line for you is probably more anger inside than it is drive forward right now because normally people with your line high how it is, you know, you got a 500 horsepower engine in you and your opposite has a freaking 80 horsepower engine. That's why they don't move. That's why they can't get things done. You're more like a Vaynerchuk. A Vaynerchuk's 18 hours a day. I can't stop. But right now, you're in this just limbo. That's what it feels like. And it's really a vortex, does. man. But you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't keep thinking about it, talking about it. Like, that's what I found. And I have changed a lot. I actually catching myself right now because even my wife was calling me out. Like, I kept talking about the past. Like, the past was right here in the present. And the reality was, it was. And it kept, be, it kept being a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so you, you've got to do things to change your state, like get out of that because right now you're just doing the things like, you know, play some songs that don't make you angry and don't make you cry, but rather make you do that right now, right? Like see that, that smile, that laugh, like those are the things you've got to attempt to do the things that are going to make you laugh, make you smile. Like just at this point in time, there is forcing, like put on that song, take that action, go to wherever it is that does something that does the gives you the opposite feeling because right now you're just moving into the motions like it's it's a habit now 
habits to go to the gym and be alone most of the time there, except for a little bit. And then I come home and I'm alone and that's it. And that's the habit and cycle you're in. You got to break that somehow. And, and there's no right or wrong way right now. It's just, you have to do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so. Dude, I don't want to take up all day, man. You're, you're phenomenal. Oh, good. I love it. <laughs> But I feel you know, it's like a wind up thing. I think you could just keep going. You're awesome. <laughs> I do. Well, I lose track of time on this. I mean, that's why, I mean, honestly, it's funny. I don't, uh, I don't offer these calls outside of doing these right now. And like the podcast form, because the reality is it's not, I, I know myself well enough and I just lose, I literally just, I get in a flow state and I lose track of time. So like when I help people the other way, it's like, a five-minute answer is a five-minute answer and not a 90-minute phone call. Um, so I can help more people and be a little bit more efficient and effective because if I meet you in person, if I'm on a call like this, I'm the same way no matter what, but it's like I get in a loop and I get in flow and it's like, oh, crap. I mean, I got a timer. I mean, look at this. I mean, I have this sitting here that is <laughs> how long we've been on the call, but yet I look down, I'm like, okay, we got about 10 minutes left. Oh, crap, it's been another 30 now. Um, so anyways, but... Uh, I don't know. I, it's been it, it helpful, was, man. Well, this is everything that I didn't think it would be. I thought it'd be some sort of big sales pitch. So you're awesome. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> uh, I do want to know what the next steps are. I am very interested. I just, you know, financially, I got to figure some things out. Yeah. But secondly, I, I don't know. And I didn't expect you to say anything earth shattering because believe me, I've sure. heard most of this stuff. Yeah, sure, man. Some sort of form, you know, and that, I mean that in a good way, like yeah, appreciate it, it helps to continue to hear it. Like, you know, I, I don't, this is why I do the personal help with it because the reality is I don't think there's anybody out there saying anything to anybody that they haven't heard. But the thing that I've realized, which is why I like the personal support, the guy you mentioned with the poker runs in the MIA book, like the thing was, is everybody was guiding him. Not was he not hearing things he hadn't heard, but he was also being guided down a path that wasn't right for him. And I've had that happen to me. That's why I have a deep I don't know, pain, struggle, desire, whatever inside that when I see people giving advice, that's very, I don't seek to understand or learn anything about you. It's just like, I'll hear a little bit. Oh, let me tell you, here's what I would do if I were you. And, and, and it's like, like with weddings. I mean, I see so many people, I won't help anybody do what they're not convincing me that they would really want to do. That's why I don't have this talk about like, how do we do all this? Like the normal thing. I had one gal who's like, you like rip the soul out of me. You know, she's, she's like, you know, I told my husband, he's probably going to look at my website and check out a few things and da, 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 and go over pricing. And I'm like, I don't care about any of that because most people, they have all the right ingredients. The problem is if you don't act, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't have any confidence, if you don't have any clarity, if you're doing weddings because some I call them the jackass whispers told you to do it because that's what either they did to succeed. I mean, yeah, I did overall succeed initially with weddings, but I've seen plenty of success stories now who had nothing to do with weddings and the people who tried to do them, who had no desire to do them, guess what? They didn't do very well. <laughs> and if I just throw more fuel on their fire and like, here's all the strategies on how to get weddings because you tell me you want weddings, but all the guru events I filmed, who are people who paid 2000 for a course, then 5000 for a workshop, and I'm getting a testimonial from them. And then three weeks later, I'm in a different event, the same person there, getting a testimonial from them. And I talked to them behind the scenes, and they haven't done anything and haven't gotten any results. It's not necessarily because the courses don't work. It's because foundationally, they're looking for solutions that aren't going to solve the root problem. 
I had I had the opportunity to see Tony Robbins for like fifty bucks. Listen to this lineup. It was it was Gary V. Oh, I think I know which one you. It was yeah. in Chicago, and it was uh, Tony Robbins was the headliner, and there was like one or two other people. Oh, wow, Kevin O'Leary was there, um, and it just and most of those people they're like, who here owns a business? And like eighty percent of the people raised their hand, you know. And Tony Robbins is thing and shit, but like you just got the impression that these people just followed him. You know what I mean? And like I'm maybe they turned some of it into action, but, but maybe do you see just, what you just said way 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 earlier? You were doing this stuff one-on-one and there was all these people that weren't doing anything. Yeah. And what I found is it doesn't matter. I had to, and it's, it's a double-edged sword because the events I had when I first did jump starters, there were people who came who fundamentally, I didn't understand why they kept coming because I think this is a jump start, not life support. And the reality was, is that it's because some of those people are using it. And for them, when I filmed like some of the Tony Robbins events though, there was definitely people at them who were, that was their recharge, basically. So they were high-performing people, and they'd come to that once a quarter or whatever, and that would be their recharge. Whereas, of course, there's other people, because again, if you're not dealing with someone in either a small group or a one-on-one setting, then you're still in a group, and I'm just hearing you talk to me and everybody else in that room. So I'm never digging in to just you to figure out what right for you so then what happens is you're left to interpret it so a 15,000 person Tony Robbins event is no different than on certain levels now there is an energy in the room for sure and different things but it's still not a lot different than it is from watching an online course because at the end of the day you're still left to interpret the information to whatever you think it means and then go off and do something with it because there's not actually anybody interacting with you personally and that's why yeah right now what I'm doing isn't it's not scalable, it's not leverageable because I can't, I can't do 200 of these calls a week, you know, and whatever. And, and, and quite frankly, it's not just this call. Like this is, you know, a lot of the things I've done, it typically is somewhere probably between six to 10 hours for the average person, to, depending on the things we're doing before that breakthrough happens. It doesn't happen in 20 minutes. <laughs> it depends on how hardwired your, your BS is, you know, as well. You know, there's a story of this, um, all in this, on this, and I'm going to stop this recording actually uh, as well. But uh, <laughs> there was this story of this guy with a backwards bicycle. And, you know, a normal bike, you turn left, it goes left, turn right, you go right. And he did this thing where you turn left and went right, you turn right, it goes left. And he would do speaking uh, presentations. He would say, I give anybody 250 bucks who can ride this thing 10 feet. Nobody could do it. It actually took him nine months to rewire his brain to ride that bike. Because you say, it's just like riding a bike. His brain was hardwired where naturally with, you know, muscle memory, his brain was like the bike goes left, it goes left, it goes right, it goes right. So even though fundamentally he now knew this bike would do the opposite, his brain would not allow him to do it because it was hardwired in. His son was like six and it only took him a few weeks to ride that bike because it wasn't that hardwired in. So what I find is the more ingrained negative self-talk, low self-esteem, low self-worth, low confidence and baggage from family and things that have happened to us and all that, the more deep it is, potentially, the longer it's going to take to do it. But so you can either dabble, right? Like if I film 17 weddings over 17 years or 17 weddings in a year, you know, I remember this from Robbins. When he said he wanted to be one of the best speakers, he looked at the best. They were speaking three to six times a month. He thought, I'm going to speak three to six times a day. I don't care if it's to one person, 50 people or 10 people. I'm going to do that because then exponentially compounding, I'm going to do more in six months than the average person who's going to begin speaking and do three talks a month 
in six months, they'll do 18. And God, I can't even do the math on what, you know, if he did six a day, you know, even just three or four days a week for six months, he'd do exponentially more. So he'll learn faster. So how fast we'll break out of old patterns and habits is the intensity level which we're even attempting to do it. If it's just this kind of, I'm half in, my energy isn't into it, I don't really care, probably won't happen. And that's why I've seen the people who are so frustrated and in pain, but they're not playing a victim, they're the ones who can move fast. That guy with the poker runs, it was 10 years of like, things not working out, he had his car repossessed, his house repossessed, he's living in his dad's office, now that mother scratcher, I mean, I joke with him all the time. I'm like, man, you never cease to amaze me. I mean, he is crushing it. He is making more money, just full transparency, than I am right now. Like, he is killing it. But when he met me, we talk about imposter syndrome. Like, the reality was he bounced a check to come visit me. He was making like 1200 bucks a month and spent 350 bucks a month to come spend a day with me. And then it's like, boom, it's just this, this eureka moment happened for him and just things started to gain traction. But he's like, I have nothing else to lose. So let's see what happens. But I didn't tell him. Other people were telling him to film weddings and film this and film that. And that's where people go wrong when they don't seek to understand or you watch a course and you think online passive income, guru status, be an influencer, like these things are for you. But I like to dig because I can usually dispel those things so that you don't have these fantasies of things. And if they really do sit with you, then you need to act on them because there's things we think we'll love when we do it, we hate it. There's things we don't think we'd like if we happen to do it, we might be like, oh my gosh. Like what I'm doing today was never even a passion, a desire, or on my radar. I would have a heart attack if it wasn't one-on-one. -on -one. Like if I had to you know, give a presentation in school or get in front of a networking meeting where I'm standing up, hi, I'm Michael Gebbin. Like I hated it. I'd go to the bathroom. Like I hated it. And then one time I spoke at this uh, college when I would have been a freshman or a sophomore, but they wanted me to speak on entrepreneurship. It was just me. I had some videos that I had done to reinforce my thing. But like, I don't know, talking about something I was passionate about, it like, a little thing happened. That was in probably 2007 or eight. And then it just progressively, things started to here and there happen. I got bigger in the video industry and started to speak at things. And then it was crazy, man. I just, I got a bug for it and I couldn't shake it. And the more and more and more and more I experienced it, it's like, if you haven't experienced something, you can't miss it. You can't desire it. You can't want it because you've never experienced it. If, if you had never experienced the sun, like you wouldn't miss the sun because you wouldn't know the sun existed. And so, once I started to experience this, the more I wanted it and the more it became a calling. I couldn't shake it. I even tried, like I said, 2016, I stopped it all. All the motivating, speaking, videos I was doing, everything. I stopped it all. I went all back into video. And um, What do you call but, yourself? I mean, right now, I mean, truly, I, I'm calling it a jump starter, as corny as it may be. But I mean, literally, it came from people spending a day with me saying that, months or years later that they wouldn't be where they are they are today without me and i'm thinking i have no idea what i did and i was walking with my grandpa i think you may have heard this in the audiobook but i said to my grandpa after i just heard one uh the day before this guy said that and i said you know grandpa i said i'm kind of like a jump starter you know you leave the lights on in your car the battery dies and somebody comes along and jumps it and off they go because i'm thinking i didn't like I didn't have coaching sessions for an hour every week for six months with people and this stuff. Like my initial jump starts were one-on-one -on -one days. People would like contact me and go, hey, can you mentor me? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you can spend a day with me. Like we, we could hang out and whatever. And I would just 
just like I'm doing now, I would just pour into them. And they thought they were going to come and learn like how to shoot and edit. And then I'm just like doing this thing I do and infecting them. And then they would just get this massive momentum. And then they would, they would attribute that shift in their life to me. And for years, I couldn't accept it. I rejected it. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything special. Like, I don't even know what they're getting out of it. They're talking about energy and things. I'm thinking, what do you mean? Because everybody else is putting courses and all this step by steps. And I'm like, the people getting help from me, I'm not giving them any kind of special, you know, secret elements. I'm doing things that I can't even explain why they're changing, why there's a transformation, but it's happening. And so, well, you know, you're blowing me away in the fact that like, what if I was like, but Mike, all you have to do is put together a course and you'd be a millionaire. I'm not saying you're not, but I don't know if you are, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. does that like change anything? Oh, I'm already far past you having any convincing factor on that. I've been down that. That's, that's been, I mean, you're looking at a person who what you're seeing today was a very, very, very low caliber version in 2011. And that's when I literally reached out. I mean, Tony Robbins was partly because I'm like, oh, he's somebody that I guess is in this space. So let's reach out. Let me get access. I used my video skills to gain access to people. And so and the people I wanted to gain access to were people who were doing what I thought I wanted to do. And yet all the advice I got was put membership sites together, courses together. You know, it's not scalable. It's not leverageable to do one-on-one -on -one work with people and things. Yet I know some people that I've now seen through the years that they've reached elements where, you know, they have one. I mean, my one buddy right now, actually my behavioral profile buddy, I mean, he has he has retainer clients who pay him $30,000 a year. He barely has a call with them a week and that's it. And so you can have a, you know, three, 500, even million dollar business. It all is who you want to deal with. You know, like I'm not going to have a $2 million business doing one-on-one, -on -one, you know, uh, days with, uh, you know, creatives who don't even generate a hundred thousand or $200,000 a year, but I'm there for the underdog. Like I, there's something I have for the people who aren't already crushing it, who have, there's for sure. I mean, those people have the money. Those people could pay far more than I can charge. Say you right now, right? Like you're telling me, unless you're going to mortgage something or go pull something out of your rear end to, to pay me $80,000, you know, but like at the end of the day, there's something inside of me that pulls towards that zero to $250,000 kind of solo person who essentially everybody typically skips over. You know, as soon as they have lots of knowledge and expertise where they could deal with a much, you know, a person who could pay them much more, like I can get right now on certain levels, I can get more for video projects than I'm being able to get with the people I'm dealing with within the creative space because the people I deal with on video production, you know, they got two, three, five, 10, $20 million businesses. And the people I just mentioned have zero to 250,000. And a lot of the people I've had breakthroughs are typically generating under 50,000 to begin with when they have the, the breakthrough. I don't know. I mean, everything I've done, I am far more, I'm not lit up. I don't get, I get more excited to get what I get paid to do a one-on-one -on -one day or the coaching I'm doing than to get 5X that to do a video. Right I, now. You know, I, um, I, I don't, this, this is another topic for another time, but like, I just have this negative stigma about money and I've tried to undo it, you know, but like, I just have this, like, if you're rich or an asshole, and you don't need that much money. And if you have that much money, why don't you give it to poor people? And I was an artist, you know, I, when I did stand up comedy, I was just, you know, I was working for tips and at um, bartending. And then you just have this negative stigma from about money. And I still have it. I still feel like, and I'm making about, 
I'm, I'm going to make about, about 30, 40 grand this year. Right. Yeah. And I still feel like, okay, that's cool. You know, like it's, there's no like, Oh my God, you make way less than most people. You know, I just have this negative stigma about money and I don't know where it comes. I mean, I, yeah, I, I had that for a long, long, long time. And uh, because when I started my business, I said, if you want to do what you love, you just get by. And if you want to make a lot of money, you'll be miserable or it's evil. I don't fully still, I haven't fully connected to where that came from. I've connected the dots on a lot of things, but um, uh, and it's interesting because although I did generate significantly more than when I started, I did fulfill the prophecy, if you will, of just getting by. And so what you see with a lot of people is it doesn't matter. They always think more, 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 more will solve the problem. But when you don't get to the root of the problem, then you got by at 40 grand and you're still getting by at 400 grand and you're still getting by at 4 million. If you're able to keep earning those, those steps because you'll keep doing things to, again, like I said earlier, fulfill what you believe. We always want to, we want to, we don't want to have something we really believe in and then essentially just like not have that be true. And so if we think that, if we inherently believe that money is evil or making a lot of money is evil, either one will sabotage ever making a lot of money. Um, or for me, it was just, I kept spending it like it was going, you know, burning out my rear end because I, I, I inherently, and it's not necessarily probably need to even study some of this more, but it wasn't a conscious decision that I was making regularly to like, as I gained more, I'll just spend more. It just kept happening. And then it took me having this again, a little kind of eureka awakening moment around the time I turned 30 and was getting married. I mean, um, I mean, I was on the verge of, I, I talked to bankruptcy attorneys. I mean, I had people where I was talking to people and going, what do I do? You know, because the reality was, I, and it, I had had a guy who I told him I had over $150,000 of debt. And he's like, holy crap. And he started telling me things. And then, I don't know, just something happened. He wasn't mad at me. Uh, we were doing business together and things, but it was, it was weird. And like, I started realizing, like, oh my gosh, have I been in like a deja vu or like a vortex for the last 10 years? Because every dollar I spent was on credit, lines, loans, debt. That was it. I never did any cash or debit cards. And then like I'm getting, I'm going to turn 30 and I'm getting married. And so I got to do something. So I started seeking out advice of clients I have and high performers, guys earning a lot. And the two main pieces of advice I had were don't ever pay your credit cards again or go bankrupt. That was the main two. And I had like one guy who was like, well, you didn't, you know, they didn't do this to you. And he kind of gave this little pep talk and it resonated the most. And I did some things and that's when I stopped all the jump starters, all the personal development stuff focused on video. That was going to be my worst year yet in video because I was spending more time focusing on actually acquiring more debt than I was making money, yet I knew how to make money. But when I killed the ability to acquire any more debt, I focused all in on video and all in on making money with video and boom, things took off because my energy and focus went there. It wasn't in the ability to get debt because what we focus on is what we'll get. So you're focusing on things don't work out. I'm a fat ass. You know, I don't make any money. This job sucks. And you have these things. Then the reality is you'll just keep reinforcing that every day. And everything you look at will continue to be things that go, yep, you're a fat ass. Look at you eating some more donuts and you do this and you do that. And, and like, so sometimes we have to have these kind of punch in the face things where then we knock out a little bit. And, and, and I've seen it over and over where myself and others, you know, when I get tunnel vision and focused and I'm clear and I'm confident, like magic happens in short periods of time. And that's really, I think because I've had so much pain in those areas and been through this a few times now, 
it's probably the key thing that I'm actually helping other people do is get that clarity, get that confidence, get that alignment, be energized and get that tunnel vision on something you're actually passionate about and excited about. So you act, you start getting results, then things starting to change. I mean, that's what I've seen, but you know, anyways. No, I, I, it's, it, it does ring true. It just, I don't know. I just keep saying this over and over again. I'm just having trouble getting started, you know? Yeah, well, I, I was, you, and, that, you, and that's the thing, right? It is a repeated, you are repeating that on this call. And you're repeating, I guarantee, when we get off this call. And if you don't stop repeating it, you have to change the state. If you don't take those actions and those steps, you were repeating those words 10 years from now. I don't know what it is, man. It's been freaking 10 years. Remember that call we did 10 freaking years ago? You call it jumpstart sessions. Now it's like, da 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 da. It's like, Man, I don't know what it is. I just, I, 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 just getting started. That's just the hard thing to do, you know? And it's like, and, and, and I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying the pain and the suffering and the difficulties and the things you've had are not difficult for sure. I mean, I had a buddy pass away in 2007, you know, came in one day, said it'll be in the morning the next day. He never showed up, 25 years old. Boom, like that. What, what that, happened? I, that was in that heart book. Attack. What, it was a heart attack. A was it uh, genetic mostly or? No, he was a big guy. I yeah. mean, he was, he was over 300 pounds and he kept, uh, he'd try to lose weight and then he'd hurt his ankle and he couldn't lose the weight and he needed to lose, God, I don't know, like 50 plus pounds and he was going to be able to get this defibrillator. Um, and he was actually close and he, he was going to be able to get the defibrillator about two months after he had passed away. Um, I mean, I get much to think about it now, but like, but there was a moment that was a turning point. What do I do? And what it taught me was life was short. And so there was this element, I mean, believe me, it, it, it knocked me way off. But at the same time, I, well, I yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's just, that's kind of what scared me about my brother because I don't know if you've ever dealt with anybody who, um, you know, Not deals with, deals with addiction, but like, you know, let's just say he was addicted to alcohol and he was always the fun party guy. He's a bigger guy, you know, I weigh about 200. He was closer to 270, sometimes 300, depending mm -hmm. on what year you caught him. But he never, we never really gelled. He was always that big brother to me, meaning he would always kind of like poke at me in front of his friends and his friends and make jokes at my expense and his friends would. So whatever. But he always had these grandiose ideas. And in terms of his drinking, he always had answers. And he'd always start questions by going, I know, I know. He'd always start everything with going, I know, no, I know. Or he'd say something and go, no, I know. And then that's what he was, he drank himself to death. And I think mm -hmm. in the, in, and even if he was well, actually dying, that person that passed away, his dad's pretty much doing that. Yeah. And I, I, well, I, my dad, and this, I guess it gets, you know, this is another, a little tangent, but like my dad, my mom dies, my dad, I'm never going to marry again. I'm never going to love anyone else again. You know, not but two years later, he's remarried. And then he tells me, he's like, well, if anything ever happened to her, I would just drink myself to death after. And he told me this after my brother died. And I'm like, thanks dad. Like, dude, like it's just awful. Sometimes people say things and they don't, think especially my dad in particular does not think in advance does not consider other people when they're talking anywho my brother had all these ideas had all these answers and anytime you'd say something to him in terms of like maybe you should slow down and drink it maybe you should focus on your own oh no no i know i know and, and he would say all these the right things but at the end of the day he ended up drinking himself to death yeah and it's like i don't want to go down that road that's why i stopped drinking you know and he had all these he was going to do this. He was going to do that. He was, he was in the uh, videography as well. That's what he went to school for. Interesting. And he was, yeah. And he was going to, you name it, you know, he had all these answers and he never did any of it. And then he died. And then it was just like, shit. And then when he was dying, he was literally dying. Did never said anything. Never. And he saw the documentary I made about my dad. Never said good job to me. Never said, yeah. didn't say anything. Never said, dude, 
wish we could have hung out more. Nothing. He just took it all with him and then died. And you were like, what the fuck, man? Because I thought at some point we would come together or I thought we'd argue with my dad at the state. And then eventually, you know, at least, hey, man, all those years I was drinking. That's why I was acting like an asshole. Don't worry about it. You're cool. Like, I thought we would have that moment. And we never did. And we'll never will. And it's just like, damn, man. I mean, I there's want- for sure, I mean, some of this stuff that you're talking about, like your name here, Susie, I mean, there's definitely uh, elements of things that I won't be, like I've seen some of these people do, like I think it's like MDMA and, and some of these different therapies and drug therapies and things to release some of this stuff that is like beyond traumatizing to you on certain yeah. levels, for I, sure. I'm supposed, I'm supposed to like talk to an empty chair and like yell at it and well, <laughs> like or write all this shit on paper and set it on fire. I don't know about know? any of that, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah. for sure. I mean, there's certain elements. I mean, I've, I've had, I don't know if you've ever heard of Tucker Max. Yeah. Uh, it's, he he was, I hope they serve bear in hell and yeah. some of that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you know, was a super slut, I guess, basically or whatever, <laughs> uh, growing up. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, he was one, he was a humongously toxic human being, but he's, I've been around him in a number of things and actually my behavioral profiler buddy does stuff with him, but he's gone through a lot of these really deep, you know, I think like they're illegal in most places, drug therapies and different things to, uh, to just release some of the stuff where he didn't realize where the anger was coming from and, and, and how he would treat people. And, um, um, and it really, they're starting to legalize it in different places. I'm pretty sure it's called MDMA. In fact, my buddy did do it in Texas and he said it was crazy what happened just this. Cause he used to be shoved in lockers when he was little beat up, abused, punched, all this stuff. And so there was all this kind of just stuff there that sometimes even just because that's what Tucker was saying he had been to all these different therapists all these different therapies and all these different things but this MDMA thing um, I think Susie's talked about it Tucker I've, I've heard that now a number of times Ferris talks about some of the stuff he gets some of these psychedelic people on I'm not an expert in that I mean we're going down a different rabbit hole here but that is something that I've I've heard about where some of the stuff you're talking about there's for sure things that I'm not like I won't be able to <laughs> for sure. You know, who, uh, sure, uh, you know, and I know I'm not saying you know you you think I am, but like there's elements of certain things you're mentioning that might be so deeply rooted yeah. that it's causing you so much pain and trauma. But for sure, on a lot of levels, there's a level of like, no matter what, with anybody, I mean, levels of action and doing things and changing the state and like getting in different environments and, and creating different environments that are going to not keep you in the same habits. There was, okay. So there, there is an element of um, when my brother was alive, I didn't want to do too well because my brother would resent me, even though he already fucking resented me. You know, he's treating me like garbage. It was just like, I, cause I went to West Point, he dropped out of community college mm-hmm. and there was always that level of resentment and you name it. Like when he, he started at football, I was a captain of the football team. And it seemed like every success I had made him, in my mind, resent me more. So I was like, I never wanted to be too successful because I whenever, I was always at some point on level seeking his approval and I never fucking got it. But I, I know, you know what? I, I probably should. Um, you know who wrote a book about that stuff is uh, Michael Pollan. Do you know who he is? He wrote the Omnivore's, Omnivore's Dilemma. And oh, I have heard of that. Okay. Cooking and uh, mostly books about food. But his last book was about dropping acid. As, you know, he's like 60-some years old. Amazing. But um, I guess one pivot I want to ask just real quick was – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to actually – we're going to rock this, this recording of it out. And uh, I'm going to stop there on that. It's a deal. I appreciate everything, man. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. There you have it, another episode of Jumpstart Sessions, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click Get Coached on the Podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. 
I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care. Thank you.